Timothy chapter 3 this morning, last two verses, and I'm going to be short because uh, I don't want to break into uh, chapter 4 for the same reason that I, I want to be uh, looking at, I separated verse 16 and 17, There's, it's a separate thought. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it's one sentence. It should really be one verse. I've got a, another gripe here. 16 and 17, it, sh- it should end at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It should include 17. It's one sentence, one verse. Uh, and they kind of appear out of nowhere. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But we're in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. We'll pray, and we'll get to looking at it. It goes like this. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So we're looking at the purpose of Scripture today. If you don't mind, I'll open us up in a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you for such a beautiful day. Sun shining, clear blue sky. It's just a beautiful day. You're a gracious God to give us such a beautiful creation. We thank you for it. We thank you for your word, and we ask that your Holy Spirit will guide us through it. Show us exactly how we can apply it to our lives, and show us how we can be more like you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So as I say, verses 16 and 17 are really one verse. They're really just one sentence. Uh, and they appear out of nowhere. Did you notice that? There's no conjunction. Uh, there's no connecting words at all. Just uh, one minute we're talking about uh, how Timothy has been brought up in a Christian home. He's been raised in the Word of God. That's what we've looked at for the last couple of weeks. And then plop, here's a, and here's a powerful doctrinal statement about the Word of God, out of, just out of the blue. Uh, Paul just drops it in like a brick, just boop. All Scripture is given by inspiration. It's totally out of context with what we've been talking about, isn't it, at first glance? Uh, We've been talking about how from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Where where did that come from, Paul? Did you lose your mind? Uh, It just plops in with no warning. It's pretty strange when you look at it from a just a grammatical perspective, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I think you'll see when we round the corner to chapter 4, chapter 4 verses uh, 1 and 2 are really the same way. It's one sentence, it's one thought that just plop, where did it come from? We'll We'll deal with that next week when we get to it. So in any case, regardless of grammar, regardless of any of the other things that my anal mind makes me look at, when Paul says that all Scripture is given, what does he mean by all Scripture? What's he talking about? No, that's not what he's talking about, because Revelation hasn't been written yet. Uh, at this point, when Paul's writing, which roughly mid-60s A.D., uh, he's primarily talking about just the Old Testament. Do you realize that? He's talking about the Old Testament here, 
And for so many people who don't want to give any time at all to the Old Testament, for that matter, when it comes to the New Testament, they want to ignore all the epistles, which most of which aren't written down yet, certainly not distributed. Most people in most Christian churches want to ignore the epistles because there's just too much doctrine in it. They want to stick to just the Gospels and the words of Jesus. By this point, probably none of the Gospels have been written down if any, possibly Mark, uh, certainly not John, there, and there certainly weren't many copies of them, we're talking about the Old Testament here. We're talking about the Old Testament. And some of Paul's letters, and that's it. Now, we do know, uh, let's go over to Second Peter chapter 3. I want to read you one First, it's always interested me. Second Peter chapter 3. Oops, that's First Peter. That wouldn't have looked right. Brother Fisher knows where I'm going. Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16, where Peter says, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, and also in all his epistles, speaking in them of those things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do other scriptures, unto their own destruction. So we know from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, that some of Paul's writings are already accepted as scripture. So that's certainly included. But we're talking Old Testament and the epistles of Paul as scripture that Paul's talking about here in this context. So right there, the scriptures Paul's referring to are parts that for a large extent, the Christian church and Christians in general in America are willing to ignore. I don't have time for the Old Testament, that's Old Testament. I don't have time for Paul's epistles, that's too doctrinal. And those are They've been rejected as irrelevant, but that's exactly what Paul is talking about here today. Now, to be truthful, we are including the Gospels, and we are including the book of Revelation, and we are including these other things, all Scripture. But when Paul wrote this, those weren't down yet. But notice another thing, that all these Scriptures are given by inspiration of God. Now, that's a long phrase in the English. By given by inspiration of God. That's one word in the Greek. And it's never used anywhere else in any Greek text that we've ever discovered. Which tells me that Paul invented this word just for this occasion. And the word is theopneustos, which literally means God-breathed. Theo, that which pertains to God Neustos, that which pertains to air, like pneumatic tires in your car. God, theopneustos, God breathed these words out. So by inventing a word like this, theopneustos, Paul is trying to emphasize the idea of the divine origin and the divine authority of Scripture. All Scripture was breathed out by God. But notice what Paul is not saying. And this is very critical for us to understand. It's going to seem like I'm nitpicking here. 
What Paul is not saying is he is not saying that the human authors of the scripture were themselves inspired. Why do I bring that up? Because the Catholic Church brings that up, right? Saint, whomever. They like to have a saint for every, every single thing. Or even, and now I'm going to step on toes, the Anglican authors of the King James Bible would have said, the gospel according to Saint Matthew, the gospel according to Saint Mark, the gospel according to Saint Luke, the gospel according to Saint John. And that seems like I'm nitpicking on inspiring the authors. Take, over, take a look over to Revelation. The Revelation according to Saint John the Divine. The authors of the King James Bible definitely had an agenda. They were trying to sanctify the authors of Scripture because they were Anglican. Don't let me get into that, but that needs to be borne in mind. What Paul is saying is that the Scripture themselves is inspired. The word Scripture here is graphe. Graphe literally means writings, just writings, simple as that. Every single time that that word is used in the New Testament, it's referring to the scriptures as a uh, written text, just the scriptures themselves. Now, because the scriptures came from God himself, they were God-breathed, they have the power to bring saving faith. Like we saw last time, let's back up to verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. That's what the scripture is for. Makes you wise unto salvation. We're going to see when we get to verse 17 that they're useful for training. But because scripture comes from no source other than God himself, all of it, is profitable in a wide range of ways, especially leading to righteousness. 